Hello and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name is Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveyors and today I'm here with Francesca Baker. Hi Francesca, how are you? Hello Denise, I'm bloody knackered but I'm excited to be on the podcast with you. That's exactly what we both said to each other before we came uh-huh. out. We've both had a crazy week, which is amazing and we love it, but we're both yeah. tired. So we're going to be really kind to each other tonight. So mm-hmm. Francesca, what's your business called and what do you do? My business is called And So She Thinks, um, essentially because that was a blog I had with the same name when I was like 17. Um, I'm a copywriter, marketer, journalist and PR, which sounds like a lot of all things, but basically it's about kind of communications, connecting with people. Um, I work with everyone from sort of Tesco, Virgin, National Trust, National Lottery, to to small arts organisations, local charities and startup businesses. Wow, that's a lot. So, well, it's basically anyone who's got a customer and wants to connect with them, right? And the world. Communicating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, can, I can work with the world. I'm very much a fan of uh, niching and finding your people and your tribe. So, how, uh, do you, how do you work with everyone? How does that make you happy every day? I actually recently wrote a blog post about this on not finding your niche because everyone says that. And they're like, you can like make so much more money if you find like a really small thing that you really focus on. Um, I honestly think like I'm quite, I don't, um, I like having loads to do and I tend to sort of like move around and get different ideas and really, really enjoy that. And I genuinely think that the, the reason I set up my own business, well, there's a whole sort of health career stuff which I'll probably go into later um but I just love variety um I'm one of those people that's always out kind of always exploring always learning new things um and I think my sort of innate curiosity is something I bring to my work and actually makes me a bit better at it because I'm good at asking questions and getting under the skin of a new client and it really doesn't matter you know where they're from what they do I can draw out some of that um those sort of nuances there um I think that sort of creativity curiosity means that sometimes I'll see things from one side of a business that I think oh that could really help me out with another client really kind of you know um boost something else um so I think that I honestly just kind of I think I enjoy it more and I do think it makes me better at it and I get do I have a niche I, I do a lot of work with charities um and sort of like uh creative and arts organizations but I also work on like pharma stuff and b2b um yeah I just I just like it yeah no I get that I so I negotiate leases for salon owners and mm. I they're all so different so I oh, love really? the fact yeah I love the fact that my niche is a niche because it really yeah, is and it, variety yeah and it really makes me understand their wants and needs Mm. brilliantly I love that side of it but oh my god the variety of people and types of businesses and stuff like that you know it really fires me up so when people say that they do everything for everyone I'm like like because I could I could negotiate leases for anyone and we spoke about this before we came on on air but I just love the fact that I get to work with the types of people that I really love to spend time with so I wonder how you know do you still do that then do you still go you know I could work I I could work with you but I don't want to you know how do you how do you do that no I'm not doing that no I Um, do dick 
Oh, do your firm dickhead tax. Yeah, absolutely. And I will, I have been known to be like, oh, I think I'm going to be a pain in the ass. I might charge them a little bit more. Um, tax, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I don't worry people I don't like. And I um I recently had a sort of a potential client come through and she had like she had like money to burn. Um, but I actually got off the call with her and I, I said to my boyfriend, I was like, I just didn't like her. And he's like, it's a commercial relationship, like you don't have to like her. And I was like, no, but there was almost like this like visceral thing in my stomach where I was just like, I just cannot do this. Um so yeah, so I will work. And I think that's wrong. I think you really do have to like your client. Yeah. I, I don't, totally agree. I don't think it you can be a best serve... mate, but there has to no, be no, some no, kind no. of connection there. But I think you need to serve them. Yeah. So I think you need to like them in some way. There's yeah. things that you can, you know, we've got friends that we that we like dislike some parts of them, but you there has to be something in order for you to be able to really, you know, give them the best service. And I think yeah. that would be impossible for me if I honestly hated them. Yeah, recently I've been like, oh, I hate PR, I hate media relations. And then I've just taken on a role um, with the National Academy of Social Prescribing. So sort of bringing social prescribing, arts and culture and stuff into healthcare. And I'm loving it. And I was like, actually, I don't hate PR. What I hated was doing it for like those clients I didn't really yeah. believe in. And I'm kind of trying to spread the word about something I have no interest in whatsoever. Um, so, yes, I think it does make a massive difference. And if you're, you know, especially doing comms, if you're going out and kind of spreading the word about something, it definitely helps if you believe in the thing you're spreading the word around. Otherwise, you just seem like, you know, not maybe not everyone else will know, but you feel like a bit of a bullshitter. I honestly can't do that either. I've got mm. a very um, polarizing personality. And I'm okay with that. That whole Marmite thing is definitely something that I have to resonate with because, you know, some people really hate me and some people really love like, love me and I'm, I'm cool with that. But, but because of that, I, I honestly can't work on projects that, that don't I don't believe in because I'd, I'd have to say to them, because I'm, I'm so authentic, yeah. I'd, ha- I'd have to say, this is a load of shit and yeah. you're a liar and this isn't cool. Like, how do you deal with that? Yeah, and I think it's incredibly challenging when you just, there's just something that you just, just does not resonate with you. Um, a few years ago, about four years ago, I was kind of sobbing to a friend um, about, like, how I just couldn't do my job anymore. And I was like, the thing is, like, I, it just doesn't feel aligned to me. And I, I was like, but I can't afford to, like, find some alignment to like find something resonates he's like no you can't afford not to like this is your sort of happiness and health here and that makes that so important um yeah 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 I mean I I I tell stories about the reason I got into business all the time in order for people to kind of understand the type of person they're going to be working with because yeah (laughs) surveyors are gray male stale golfers who come off a golf course and when you work with me if your expectation is that like you ain't getting that you just just think you're not getting that you're going to get someone who's going to be you know talk to you like this so I tell stories all the time about how you know the reason I got into business is you know this amazing woman called Helen who worked in a cancer ward and you know and all of those things and and I just think if if somebody's you know story about why they got into business was like you know because I wanted to buy a yacht and I'm like <laughs> no I just no so but anyway absolutely not that I um, tell me so I um when I was 21 I moved to London 
I started jobs of working in marketing, insight, research kind of area. Um, you know, it's, it's a good job, really enjoyed it. And then I did a couple of moves um, and I thought I wanted to focus more on sort of market research area. Um, love London, like so much to do, so much going out. Concurrent to this, so I've had um, quite severe, well, very severe anorexia since I was 18. Oh, and wow. I've been sort of like in and out of hospital. Um, and so I was, it was just for my 30th birthday. I was working insanely long hours at work. Um, I was very, very sick. I was about to be sectioned. And the only way they would not put me in hospital is if I left my job, left London and moved home to my parents and they became my carers. So obviously I was like 30 and I was like, but I'm like living this glam life in London. And it wasn't because like I was out, but I was fucking exhausted all the time because I wasn't feeding myself. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as good as um as maybe it looked on paper. Um, and yeah, I was absolutely distraught because I just I made me feel like such a failure. Um, and I started doing just bits of freelancing, sort of sitting on the sofa. It was kind of, you know, something I could do quite low level. Um, and it's just built up from there. So that was three or four years ago now. Um, and yeah, I just, I love freelancing or running my own business, however you want to put it. I love working from home. I love the variety. I love getting to choose my clients. I... I do work really long hours some days, but then other days I'll like take a Tuesday afternoon off to like, you know. I like to say that or, running yeah. your own business is getting to choose which 16 hours a day you work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah there will be like weekend work, but there might be kind of, you know, lazy mornings sometimes or, and it's absolutely fine and I really enjoy it. So the other so day. So how's your, how's your recovery now? Are you in recovery from anorexia? Or are you still battling? a little bit of both like I'm better than I was so I'm not recovered at all um I I had to leave treatment it's probably about a year ago now um just because I wasn't making enough progress so so they kick you out they're like oh you're not gaining enough weight so we're not going to give you any more help um which is one of the baffling things about our system yeah. but there you go um it's all right sort of Good. steady I suppose um but but I honestly do think that like so working from home and being freelance massively helps because when I was in the office there's obviously a long commute which burns loads of energy there's the like diet talk all the bloody time um there's you know people always putting meetings in at the wrong time um there's the kind of trauma of you know going to local coffee shop and trying to work out what you're going to eat for lunch whereas now like the food is in the cupboard my lunch is booked in my diary so like no one can put a meeting in at that time um, you know I roll out of bed and go to my desk so it's just yeah so much better for me um, and genuinely is like the best thing I've ever done. Good that's amazing and I'm really happy that you're definitely you know progressing yeah, through it. Progress. Yeah yeah me too and yeah. I'm quite open about my story um, and I and like you know I've like spoken about it and written about it in sort of the metro and stylist and Huffington Post and stuff and sometimes I'm like, oh, is that going to put people off? Are they going to think like, oh, she's not very good at her job because she, you know, sobs over a piece of toast. But actually, I think the kind of people that I want to work with really appreciate that kind of authenticity, um, you know, that vulnerability, maybe that storytelling. Yeah, 100%. I, I uh, <laughs> oh God, this is stupid. But I, I um, so about seven years ago, nearly eight years ago, me and my ex-husband um, broke up and you know I was left penniless 25 grand's worth of debt 
two small kids to look after. Yeah, you know, all of it. Everything. All yeah. of it. And there was, and I, you know, and I'm super strong woman. Nothing can bother me. I'll be absolutely fine. What a load of shit. I was absolutely broken. And I was, you know, suicidal the lot. But the thing that really broke me was that I, um, I couldn't afford to buy the kids some Wellington boots for school because when they're little and their feet grow, every oh pair God, of shoes, yeah. every pair of shoes needs to be thrown out. Anyway, I did a video the other day and I was just talking about like I'd been interviewed on this TV and um, this um program and I'd um I'd been telling them about my story and everything and how amazing my business is going and you know, it was brilliant, it's brilliant, it's brilliant. And I was like, oh, I feel like I need to say bad things about myself because it was such a positive thing. And, and this is stupid. Why am I putting myself down and everything? And I was like, you know, think about it. A couple of years ago, I was crying over a pair of Wellington boots and started crying. And I was like, oh my God, I'm live. And I'm crying about these Wellington yeah, boots yeah. again. And I, and I told the story then in written form on my social media the other day and someone messaged me and said, do you think you should really be saying things like that as a, you know, successful business owner? And I was like, yes. Yeah. Because there is a woman out there sitting there crying over a pair of Wellington boots that she can't afford. And if she can see that in seven years I've done it, then she might think that she can do it yeah, too. Absolutely, so every yeah. time, every time you talk about your message, you're helping someone else. That's what I always think. Yeah. And the same with, you know, who's the right people to work with that guy who messaged me, I'm never going to work with him ever. He's not my people. But all the people that do work with me are going to work with me because to just tell the truth, like I'm physically yeah. incapable of. So when you talk about your anorexia and your struggles and the fact that you cry over a piece of toast, that's your thing. Like yeah, lying about it doesn't make you. No, no. And I think, I wonder if being honest and open sort of helps like imposter syndrome and stuff. Because otherwise I feel like if you're sort of like, oh, this is my, my business front, this is my corporate front, and you just don't feel like it. You just feel like you're kind of, uh, everything's false whereas actually if you're a bit more open and vulnerable and I am like really casual and really chatty and I will you know I'm not corporate or sort of disciplined in messages and stuff like that um but everyone I work with seems to like it well not everyone yeah. some of them hate it but then I hate working with them so we go our separate ways and that's absolutely fine and that's how it should be completely that's how it should be I just it, that made me giggle when you said that because I've got a, a new client and um the landlord that I'm, that I'm negotiating with he keeps sending her messages saying things like Nicola's not answering my calls or um Fiona didn't reply to my email and I'm like I'm not Nicola or Fiona nobody in my office is Nicola or Fiona I'm Denise and he's you know he's so yeah stupid that the reason that none of these people are answering is because none of them are me yeah <laughs> yeah like, absolutely, and these are the yeah. call these are the calls that I have with her and she's like literally nobody's ever spoken like this to me I love it and I'm like wow he's an idiot yeah yeah welcome to my world absolutely yeah <laughs> no I love that so what's your future plans for your business do you know what? I don't really think about like oh, I'm gonna like scale this like start an agency blah 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 I'm gonna take over the world but um but it has been going well this year I was um you know obviously distraught by the fear of COVID and lockdown how I was going to become destitute um so much so that I've actually been able to bring on my younger sister who I'm just so proud of she's um so she's 22 she graduated you know you can't get a grad job for love nor money so I just kind of sit on her ass and moan about it. She's, um, you know, started freelancing. So she's got some of her own clients. Um, she helps me out with loads of my stuff. I'm really sort of training her in that. And um, she's absolutely brilliant. And 
And sometimes I'm like, you're so good at this. Like, especially with like social media comms and stuff. So I'm like, I don't know, I feel too old for this. Um, so that's really cool. Um, I I guess like, you know, ideally you want to do less work for more money is kind of the, the ultimate goal. Um, but I am like there is some work that I've done that I've hated, you know, and it's like always oh, pays well. But actually, I've just really hated it. So I think finding kind of more work that I really enjoy it sort of lights me up. Um, yeah, just brings me happiness, I suppose. As long as I can like still afford my wine and book habit, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> it's interesting you say that. I've literally just let go of a massive client for exactly the same reason. Really? Because you know they served me so well for such a long time, but it's just not for yeah. me any longer and you know and, and you can see it in the I'm anxiety like, yeah, I know you're like oh it's like money but yeah but yeah you've got and to it does do get both right ways doesn't it there comes a point where they're not serving you and you're not serving them and no one's really getting anything from it and you're sort of you know it's a bit of a treadmill just not really going anywhere yeah no I I but then that's my niche so that's yeah. like you know I I know the people that I love and I know the people that I want to serve and yeah so muddying that, the water doesn't work niche, for me but like the kind of people you work with rather than what you do I suppose is is one sort of way of niching it because there are people who are like well I only do b2b white papers for corporate tech giants in San Francisco with a turnover of like five million You've just made like, me want to vomit. Oh, I know, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it just sounds horrendous. Oh, That's the biggest willy waggle I've ever heard. Have you done BNI? <laughs> oh, we God. speak about this a lot. No, they invite me all the time and I'm like, I I've genuinely... done it a few times, like virtual lockdown, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to gouge my eyes out. And I know people who like say they make tens of thousands from it. But it just seems so forced and horrible. But the thing is, they have to pay down. me tens of thousands yeah. to do it, though. Yeah, I know that in real life, like it's fine when it's like 7 a.m. and I'm you know, at home and I can give my laptop, but like there is no way I'm driving to like a motorway service station at five o'clock in the morning to sit and do BNI with a bunch of, oh, honestly, it seems horrendous. I probably just like, now everyone watching this and like, I'm in BNI and I don't want to wrap up. I know. I sorry if you're in BNI. Exactly. Sorry if you're in BNI and it really does serve you, but it doesn't serve my personality no. at all because I can't roll my eyes so audibly at people because my people get that I'm like oh yeah. boring because you know parts of other people's businesses are boring I don't want to hear every single person's boring business no, it's not no, it's not for me yeah, yeah. No, so really I'd rather great. I was recommended by people who've either used me or love me like yeah some random person in a networking meeting is just not gonna be well, my people because well, you have to recommend them even if you don't believe in what they do and that just feels really fake and as we've discussed it's not about fakery so yes yeah. you are <laughs> <laughs> you've just explained to me why I should lie to people and I'm not going to do that yeah no I've recently had a, a huge falling out with a with another company because I wouldn't recommend what they do mm. and because I'd never used it so I wasn't going to recommend them and they're really yeah. not happy with me and I'm really okay with that it's very random but people are weird and that's okay and it so are like we a cult, right it is a little bit a little bit cultish um, yeah not for me no so let's get back to you as a person mm. you told me about your book and your wine needs yes do you have any other hobbies other than drinking wine and reading books they are probably my main hobbies. Um, in like the real world, I go to gigs all the time. I go to the theatre all the time. So I was like, when we, lockdown happened, I was like, oh my God, like 
all the cool kids like me are gonna like their lives curtailed so I was like out every night and you know what I've actually quite enjoyed it I've quite enjoyed like taking the pace off it's felt um yeah almost relieving I think right I didn't maybe at times I was sort of filling my time just to to prove to myself that I was like fun and cool and hip um it was actually like you know evenings on the sofa with my boyfriend with a glass of wine and a book are just as cool and I'm yeah really I I have really loved that side of it actually I really loved the staying in because we used to go out all yeah the time and it took a while for me to admit that like I certainly wouldn't admit it so I maybe the start I didn't yeah it wasn't quite such a novelty but yeah I, it took a while to make that I'm like actually I could do this like slightly surf-paced life yeah so, there's things that I'm, I'm I love and I really hope that the minute we go back yeah that I don't suddenly go yeah let's get out <laughs> go out all the time yeah yeah then exactly, I'll exhaust yeah. myself all over again so let's hope we don't do that mm-hmm. um so if anyone's looking for your services where can they find you so I am www.andsoshethinks.co.uk and so and she thinks at, and so she thinks and it's at and so she thinks on all the social media channels um because I'm nothing if not consistent and know my stuff about branding so I like um, that I'm just about to go through a whole new re- rebrand as well and I'm a bit like oh because I know what I don't like but I'm not very good yeah. at what I do like so I think I'm yeah just, yeah and top tip, everyone thinks about branding as being like a fancy logo and a colour palette. No. And people always forget, I mean, I am like plugging copywriting here, but people always forget like the tone of voice, the words you use, the language, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think, yeah, anyone think about like starting your own business or building a brand, um, don't get swayed by a pretty pink colour, but think about all the elements of how someone communicates with you because it is really Shouldn't important. It? Absolutely. I've been in business for over 10 years. I say every week I'm going to figure out how long, but I forget that it's over 10 years. And um, I, it has taken me, an, like, I mean, it's an on, I keep saying it's a journey because it really is, but it's an ongoing journey of figuring out, you know, who I am in business and how I speak and everything like that. Yeah. And that is my brand. And that yeah, took yeah. me. Your personality. Yeah. Exactly. It took me years to figure that out. Years. But so that's every, okay because as a person, absolutely. you're always evolving. So yeah. And that's why I say it's a journey. It's not a destination. Yeah. But because so many people, so many people who are starting in business are like, oh, I don't know what to post and what to say. And I don't know how to come across and stuff. And I'm like, authentic, authentic, authentic. Mm-hmm. authentic. Be you. Speak how you speak. Speak how you'd speak to your best mate. Speak how you'd speak to a client. Blah, blah, blah. Because yeah. if you don't stay like authentically you, you you're gonna hate what you do because you Absolutely. can't pretend for long. Yeah. Yeah, so that to me is brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely. So we come into the end of the podcast and we end all of our podcasts with the eight mile moment. So I don't give shit what anyone thinks about me. I love Eminem and I love the movie Eight Mile. And he does all of his rap battles by saying the worst things about him. Skinny is white, his mum lives in a trailer. So that his opponent can't say anything bad back to him. So Francesca, what's the worst things about you? I am quite messy. Um that's fine I I mean the thing I hate most about myself is that I have the worst hangovers in the world it's horrific oh me too but I love wine yeah um I I am very impatient like incredibly impatient I do not suffer fools gladly um and I I can be a bit mean if I'm like pissed off at someone I I know how to niggle them and 
I'm, you know, I'm good with words and I can kind of push people's buttons, which is a bit shit of me at times, but I always say sorry. I do feel guilty. Yeah, that sounds quite familiar. I can be quite a petty Polly as well. Sorry. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with any of that because I'm exactly the same. (laughs) But the hangovers are brutal. Like my, my husband, he's, I think he says he's probably had two hangovers and I've witnessed them both. But he, he can drink like a fish and be absolutely yeah, fine yeah, yeah. the next day. Yeah, my boyfriend this morning was like, I've got a hangover. And I was like, well, welcome to my world, mate, honestly. This is what it's yeah. like. <laughs> Can't cope at all. Anyway, thank you so much for being on the yeah, podcast, thank Francesca. Thank you for having me. And as, all, and as always, if anyone else wants to be on the podcast or you want to sponsor a podcast, you can contact us at info at find-surveyors.co.uk. Catch you again next No, I'll be on later. Catch you later. Bye.